Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the O Show podcast presented by FantasyJocks.com. Be a champ today. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the O Show podcast, episode 44. Uh, I am your host, Jack O'Hara. The O Show podcast is presented by FantasyJocks.com. Be a champ today. Get all your fantasy gear. You get football, baseball, soccer, lacrosse, you name it. Be a champ today over at FantasyJocks.com. And yes, Mariano Rivera is indeed the first ever unanimous first ballot Hall of Famer ever to be inducted into the National Baseball Hall of Fame. On January 22nd, 2019, Mariano got the call, the call to the Hall, becoming the first ballot Hall of Fame inductee alongside Roy Halladay, who's going in the first ballot, Mike Mussina in in his sixth year on the ballot, as well as Edgar Martinez entering the Hall of Fame on his final year on the ballot. So... Not Babe Ruth, not Cy Young, not Ted Williams, not even Ken Griffey Jr. He came close. Griffey came close. But none of them were unanimously selected by the uh, Baseball Writers Association of America. Rivera casts in all votes in his favor. Uh, I mean, there, there were some that were very close. Like I said, Ken Griffey Jr. got 99.3% uh, of the vote back in 2016. Tom Seaver got 98.8 in 92. Nolan Ryan, 98.7. In 99, just a lot of guys, George Brett, Cal Ripken Jr. all coming close, Ty Cobb as well. But none of them able to do what Mariano accomplished uh, just a couple of days ago. At the end of the 2019 Hall of Fame induction ceremony, nobody in the Hall of Fame will ever, ever be the same again. But like I said, Mo will not be enshrined in Cooperstown alone. Former teammate Mike Messina getting in. Sixth year on the ballot. Edgar Martinez receiving the honor in his 10th and final year on the ballot. He's come close numerous times. I believe it was 76% of the vote this time around. Finally squeezes in Roy Doc Halliday entering Cooperstown as a first ballot Hall of Famer as well. Uh, Halliday was one of those uh, like just dominant, one of the most consistent pitchers in the modern era, my childhood dominated the American League with the Blue Jays. Uh, he's only one of two players to throw a no-hitter in a postseason game. I believe it was October 6, 2010. Halliday uh, joined Yankees great Don Larson as the only pitcher ever 
in uh, MLB history to throw a no-hitter in the playoffs after uh, shutting it down the uh, Cincinnati Reds in Game 1 of the 2010 NLDS in Philadelphia. Uh, Roy's former teammate uh, with the Blue Jays in Toronto, A.J. Burnett, uh, was thrilled to hear about his buddy's um, Hall of Fame induction. He had this to say on Instagram. Uh, It was a picture of him... uh, Patting Halliday on the back, just saying, see that grin on my face? I knew how then, how back then, how special this guy was. Sending you a hug, man. Congrats, Doc. Uh, the world tragically lost Roy Halliday uh, a few years ago. It was November 7th, 2017, at the age of 40. Halliday um, crashed a plane. He crashed his small vessel that he flew recreationally into the ocean. Uh, his wife, Brandy, uh, had the following to say about her husband's Hall of Fame induction as well. Uh, being inducted into the Hall of Fame is every boy's dream, no doubt. Uh, to stand on the stage in Cooperstown and deliver your acceptance speech in front of baseball's most enthusiastic fans is something that every baseball player aspires to achieve, and Roy was no exception, of course. But that was not Roy's ultimate goal, as it shouldn't be for anybody who's playing anything or in anything. It was not his goal to have those three uh, letters on his signature. His goal was to be successful every single day of his 16-year career. Uh, Tonight's announcement is the end result of that effort. If only Roy were here to personally express his gratitude for this honor, what an even more amazing day this would be. I would like to extend special thanks to the baseball writers for overwhelmingly uh, um, voting Roy in. Uh, it was an overwhelming percentage of votes that Roy received in his first year on the ballot. It means so much to me, Braden and Ryan, Braden and Ryan Roy's kids, of course. Again, that no-hitter in 2010, he threw a perfect game earlier in the same year in Florida against the uh, Florida Marlins. So two no-hitters that year for Halliday. Well-deserved. He's in the Hall of Fame, first ballot Hall of Famer. Edgar Martinez, like I said, finally got the call. Uh, he'll finally be enshrined into baseball lore come July. Uh, after being on the ballot for 10 years, Martinez finally got this call. So uh, he entered his final year on the ballot. Martinez, known for one of the greatest uh, DHs in American League history, uh, most notably known by Yankee fans for his walk-off double down the left field line to score Ken Griffey in that 1995 American League Division Series in Seattle uh, in the Sky Dome. Uh, That eliminated Don Mattingly from his first postseason ever and his final season overall. He'd retire after the year. So Edgar Martinez in the last one. It'll be very, very interesting to see um, which cap Mike Mussina will be wearing when he enters Cooperstown. Half his career with the Orioles, half his career in the Bronx with the Yankees, played his remaining eight seasons with the Yankees, had an ERA of under four, I believe. It was under four. It was uh, 3.68. So Mussina had an ERA of 3.68, was well known for coming big in the playoffs. It was that ALCS American League Championship Series Game 7 against the Red Sox at Yankee Stadium in 03. Uh, It was Clemens against Pedro Martinez. Martinez threw a gem. Clemens just couldn't get out of the second or third inning. Mussina comes in in relief, shuts down the Sox for a few innings there, keeps the Yankees in the ball game. It was bottom of the eighth. 5-2 Red Sox, Brady Little, the Sox manager at the time, leaves Pedro Martinez in the game. Uh, His pitch count well over 110 at this point. And um, Yankees rally, Jorge Posada hits that bloop two-run single to score uh, Matsui. Um, Game tied at 5, game goes to extras, bottom of the 11th, Aaron Boone, Tim Wakefield, the rest is history, walk-off home run for Boone, forever, forever. 
remembered by Yankee fans. Now he's the manager. So Mike Messina, anyways, he finished off his career uh, securing his first 21 season uh, against the Red Sox in his final game ever with the Yankees back in 08. It was at Fenway Park, a day game of a day-night doubleheader to end the season at Fenway. So I don't know. I mean, I feel like he played most of his important games with the Yankees, had his best year ever in 08 in his final year with the Yankees. So it'll be interesting. I could see him going in with Baltimore. But regardless, on Sunday, July 21st, 2019, these four great, fantastic athletes and players will forever be enshrined in baseball lore. Um, With the greatest closer of all time, Mariano Rivera, headlining the 2019 class with 100% of the votes. That's right. He got 100% of the votes from the Baseball Writers Association of America. For someone who is nearly perfect during his pitching career, Mo is literally perfect this time around when it comes to Hall of Fame votes given by the Baseball Writers Association of America. And that's a hard thing to do because it's never been done before. They're very strict. I mean, they even said there was a Boston guy who was not going to vote for him a few months ago. I guess he changed his mind, apparently. So congrats to Mo. First, first unanimous Hall of Famer in Major League Baseball history. But you know who's not going into the Hall of Fame this year? Uh, I, I think he's well-deserving. Pitched well. Great postseason numbers in Boston. Three World Series rings. Kurt Schilling, not in the Hall of Fame. He came up a little bit short. He was around the 60% uh, tile this year for voters. Uh, but according to him, now when I first read this, I thought this was like one of the cockiest things I've ever read. Uh, he says... That he's not in the Hall of Fame because he's a supporter of Donald Trump. I mean, really? Is that really what this has come to? He's not in the Hall of Fame because he supports the current president of the United States? I mean, yeah, he had great numbers. A lot of people back him up saying he should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer, three-time world champion, pitched uh, in a clutch way in the playoffs. I remember ALCS uh, game six back in 04 when the Red Sox made that triumphant comeback to win uh, 4-3 in the series after being down 3-0. Uh, they were down 3-2 in game six. Schilling came in, pitched with that bloody sock. He had that torn tendon in his ankle through the skin, pitched with the bloody sock. Socks go on to win the series and the World Series for the first time in 86 years. So yeah, he's probably deserving. And it's ridiculous to me that writers wouldn't vote him in. Well, first of all, I don't think like Kurt Schilling going out of his way to basically state this is kind of not I don't want to say it's not classy, but it's kind of cocky to me. But at the same time, he is deserving to get in. And the fact that he's not in due to his beliefs and support system, I I, I don't get it. I, I really I, I hate politics, to be honest with you. I, I don't think that politics should be involved in everything, politics should be involved with politics, and that's it. Shouldn't be involved in baseball, shouldn't be involved in football, shouldn't be involved in I mean, whatever, whatever. But here is Kurt Schilling talking to a Fox News recently about uh, this claim that he's not in basically because he supports uh, the President Donald it's Trump. A tremendous record. Thank you. And you're not in the Hall of Fame. You're not in the Hall of Fame. Is that because of your views? You think it's political? Part of it is. I mean, it's not a guess. They've, the people that have not voted for me specifically because of the things I've said or did, they've said it. 
they've come out come out and said I I can't vote for him because of what he said or what he. I mean, people have become so soft. I mean, come on, the guy had two hundred and sixteen wins, ERA of three point four six. He had over three thousand career strikeouts, won three World Series titles. Uh, NLCS MVP in 93 with the Phillies. World Series MVP with Randy Johnson, no one with the Diamondbacks. Six-time All-Star. He's in the Red Sox Hall of Fame, Phillies Hall of Fame. Two-time NL strikeout leader. Two-time MLB wins leader. This guy was basically on the top of the game for most of his career, most of his 19-year career. And people aren't going to vote him in because of his beliefs politically. I don't get it. I don't get why everybody is so invested with this stuff. It's not going to affect your life one way or another. I mean, me personally, it doesn't affect my life. Like, my life's not going to change. I don't even know why everybody was so afraid when he was elected president. Like, Donald Trump was elected president. Everybody's like, oh, I'm worried. I'm so afraid. Why? What the hell is going to happen to you? For those of you that liked Obama, did he call you? Ever over the past eight years, did he put did he put a uh, filet mignon dinner on your table? No, you did that yourself, and you're gonna keep doing it. You're gonna keep doing it, and you're gonna be fine. It's all gonna be all right. Just shut up. Nothing's gonna change. People make it seem like hell's gonna freeze over, the axis is gonna, or the world is gonna turn on its axis. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, oh, what's he gonna do? What's he gonna do? Nothing. He's not gonna do anything. Just sit back and relax. Do your job. Don't worry about what he's doing. Who cares? It's not affecting your life one way or another. And for the baseball writers, who cares what Kurt Schilling's beliefs are? Kurt Schilling, who cares that you have these beliefs to begin with? As a baseball player with the baseball stats that he has, Kurt Schilling should be in the Major League Baseball National Hall of Fame. Okay? Good? Good. Great. Grand. Wonderful. I've just never really understood why everybody is so invested with this crap. I mean, it's going to happen one way or like, regardless of what you say or what your beliefs are, what your opinions are, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. The president is going to do whatever the hell he wants to do, and you're just going to have to live with it. So my piece of advice is to stop bitching about it. The fuck did you just say? Yeah, that's right. I said it. I'll say it again. Stop bitching about it. He's going to do whatever the hell he wants to do. Kurt Schilling should not be denied access into the National Baseball Hall of Fame because of his political views. I mean, seriously. Whatever. On to bigger and better things to talk about. Uh, Super Bowl 53 is set. New England Patriots versus the Los Angeles Rams. Second time these two meet in the Tom Brady era. This is Tom Brady's ninth overall Super Bowl. His fourth in the last 50 years. Uh, New England Patriots, AFC champions for the fourth time in the last 50 years. Keep saying 50 years. I don't know why. Fourth time in the last five years. I don't remember the last time we had two... Uh, overtime conference championship games. Very interesting. Uh, championship Sunday last week. Um, Saints obviously robbed. They should be in the Super Bowl right now. I mean, that third and 10 no PI call was ridiculous. Roby Coleman, the quarterback of the Rams, even went back and looked at it and said to the media, Yep, that was a PI. That was definitely a pass interference. So, you got that one wrong, NFL. But, uh, 
It is what it is. Rams win in overtime, 26-23. Uh, Sean McVay, Rams head coach, running on the field like a 15-year-old, immediately says to himself, oh, gee, I have to go sh- uh, shake Sean Payton's hand now. Uh, collars up, puts a straight face on, and walks and gives him a handshake. I mean, he literally went from uh, a kid on Twitter to a professional on LinkedIn in a matter of seconds. On the other side, it was Bill Belichick who uh, – in total Bill Belichick fashion, uh, was handed the AFC Championship trophy at the uh, end of the AFC title game, and he probably had it in his hands for about eight-tenths of a second before he handed it off to someone else. He's like, uh, here, here you go, put it in the pile. Like, he didn't give a crap about that. I mean, he's got five rings already. This is three years in a row. I think this is the first time they've actually gone three years in a row as a duo, Brady and Belichick. So it's no surprise. This is just status quo routine, basically, at this point. I mean, to be quite honest, there were so many times in that game where they should have lost that game. They had an impressive first half. It was 14-0. Chiefs couldn't get anything going. Patrick Mahomes, what was it, 32 total yards in the first half? It was ridiculously bad. Uh, But they turned it on in the second half. In the second half, they played much more like they did against the Colts in the divisional round, and as they have all season, to be honest. And... I mean, there were so many times I was out to dinner with a couple of buddies at a restaurant and just a bunch of football fans. They pro- I don't even think any of them were Pats or Chiefs fans, to be honest. And the place just erupted, went bananas after that uh, interception from Brady. It was under a minute left. It was 28-24 uh, Chiefs. Intercepted, he runs out of bounds, places going bananas. Nobody wants to see Brady and the dynasty go back again. And of course, there's a flag on the play. I'm like, oh, yep, it's coming back. I even predicted it. I'm like, something crazy is about to happen, and it's not going to go the Chiefs' way. And it didn't because then the referees got together, and it's like they were basically just like having a meeting, like, all right, what, what should we call a holding, a pass interference, uh, infraction, uh, I don't know. Let's just call some. Let's go with holding. Or it was offsides. It was offsides by the Chiefs uh, D end, and the ball ends up coming back. Patriots go down to score. Go up thirty one twenty eight. Mahomes leads the Chiefs down the field with about twenty seconds left. They go to the uh, they kick a field goal. Game tied at thirty one. They go into overtime. Brady just runs all over the Kansas City defense. Pats win thirty seven thirty one. So textbook Patriots. Back in the Super Bowl for the ninth time in the last 20 years or so. Maybe this will be Brady's last hurrah if he wins. Brady and Belichick right off into the sunset. Who knows? He says he has five years left. I honestly don't think he does. I think he has a few more good years left. I say he has next year, maybe the year after, good years, and then he's got to let go. I think he could play for five more. I don't think he could be good for five more. I mean, Gronk's going to retire after this year, no doubt. He's, he's had multiple ACL tears. He's already teased it numerous times. He almost did last year. Edelman's probably your last guy uh, back. That was funny, uh, by the way, when Edelman, uh, they say, he tipped his fingers on that uh, punt. Uh, Chiefs ran it in for a touchdown, came back eventually. Uh, it's, they say he didn't. It, it was literally like a micro, like the amount of space between the ball and his thumb was just like microscopic. Like it was so small, he gets away with it. Ball gets back two plays later. Brady finds Edelman off of his fingers, intercepted. Edelman gets laid out. I don't even know who it was on the Chiefs' end, but I remember watching the replay. It tips off of his fingers. 
falls into the hands of the Chiefs. He's like, oh, no, and then immediately gets clotheslined from hell by that Chiefs uh, linebacker. I don't even know who the hell it was. Hilarious. He ends up getting the last laugh. However, Patriots back in the Super Bowl. Patriots, Rams, February 3rd. Uh, Portnoy, what do you think of this? I swear to God, this guy's like a 40, he's what, like, he's got to be like 40-something, acts like a 15-year-old. He act, I mean, Barstool basically is a frat at this point. I mean, he still had much more to say about this. Rough and Rowdy, there's your plug, Rough and Rowdy, February 2nd, uh, right before the Super Bowl. Oh, does go Super Bowls. Really all they do. No, because they're your Patriot fans. Oh, 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 oh. Every fucking year. 2083, Atlanta, Rams, we're coming. Hey, uh, Jared Goff, you bought a team port and I jumped you. We're going to fucking bury you. <laughs> <laughs> He's a kid. But yeah, rough and rowdy. Uh, it's like their boxing thing. So there's your plug bar stool. Rough and rowdy, February 2nd in Atlanta, right before the Super Bowl. Pats, Rams. Funny thing is about uh, the NFC title game. It was Saints Rams. Obviously, they get screwed over by that no PI call. Uh, but it's come to everybody's attention now that New Orleans Saints season ticket holders have filed a civil lawsuit in a hope to replay the game against the Rams. Uh, this is why sports is awesome. So much better than your politics. Uh, I feel like there's so much more outrage and people trying to get things in motion. Uh, just to get justice than the uh, fire festival for crying out loud. This attorney has to out his time toward trying to get the National Football League to overturn the worst uh, pass interference non-call in history, which it probably is, let's be honest. Uh, it, the worst call in history of football on behalf of all Saints fans, which is ridiculous. I mean, just imagine, just the idea of a judge hitting his gavel after a murder case or a sexual assault case and then has to say, all right, next case, only for the courtroom worker to come in and say, docket number 135309, people versus the NFL. I mean, that makes me crack up. Like, seriously? I mean, it's not, obviously you're heartbroken. I, I would be too if it were the Cowboys or the Yankees. I've been through it, but come on. It's, it's a game. Um We've also seen uh, Michael Thomas, Saints wide receiver, and others uh, scream from the mountaintops about this. He said on Twitter, basically stating Rule 17, Section 2, Article 3 at the NFL. Um, <laughs> it's in the rule book, and they missed it. Uh, basically, it's a rule that says the commissioner uh, can use his power to restart a game if a crazy BS type of thing happens, which, I mean, it was crazy. The stadium, Mercedes-Benz Superdome went ballistic when this was a non-call. Uh, it changes the entire game. Saints can run down the clock, either score a touchdown or kick a field goal, and it's Saints-Patriots. It's Breeze versus Brady, first time ever in the Super Bowl. Uh, so, I mean... It's crazy. It's a BS type thing. I don't know if it's that big. Like if a natural disaster occurred during a game or if freaking Bane showed up and blowed the whole field up in the process, uh, Roger could step in and restart it for sure. Uh, I really doubt he's going to restart this game. Though it, it would be wild if he did and would probably be a better outcome than the Rams just going forward when we all saw them lose numerous times in that game. Uh, 
not everybody's going to freak out about this. I mean, Saints fans are going to freak out about this for a long time, and they have every right to do that, and I don't blame them. Either way, it's going to be Rams and the Patriots in two weeks. Uh, I will say this at least. Saints fans um, have are going ballistic. I mean, Saints fans have these billboards all over the city of New Orleans reminding them of what happened. Um, Adam Schefter reported on this. This one guy, Matt Bowers, he's a diehard Saints fan, owns a car dealership or owns multiple car dealerships throughout the Southeast, rented billboards in seven different locations in and around Atlanta with 16 placements to voice his displeasure with the NFL. And he says he's not done yet, he told Adam uh, Schefter. Uh, NFL blew it. Saints got robbed. These billboards up in in the Atlanta area. Uh, it's 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 chaos, and I freaking love chaos. I support that one hundred percent. You're gonna lose though. Um, do not sue the NFL. You're gonna lose. You're gonna lose all your money. You're gonna lose your house. And guess what? You're gonna end up living in a van down by the river. And trust me, you're gonna be sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of living in a van. Oh, and by the way, earlier when I was talking about Kurt Schilling and politics, you know what happens? All you writers who won't vote Kurt Schilling into the Hall of Fame because of his political views, you know what happens? Hmm? You know what's going to happen? Because you're too stubborn to vote this three-time World Series champion into the Hall of Fame because he supports Donald Trump. You know what happens? Hmm? You know what's going to happen? You just made the list. No, and I hate those dudes so much. This has been a quick episode of the Osho Podcast, episode 44. It's really hard to do this by myself in a studio, in a boxed room, all by myself for 30 minutes. So, you know what, Declan, my co-host, my brother, if you're out there listening, I'd really appreciate it if you hopped back on. I mean, you are my co-host. This is the Osho Podcast with Jack and Declan O'Hara. You haven't been on in five or six episodes. Uh, So just wondering, I might shoot you a text after, just wondering um, where you are, buddy. So... If you get this, uh, I could really use you. It's Jack. But nonetheless, I'm going to end this episode, uh, and I'm going to end it with some promoting. I'm going to promote my uh, latest, my new, brand new uh, wrestling podcast with Belly Up Sports. It's called 5050 Booking. Launches next week on bellyupsports.com, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, you name it. Uh, 5050 Booking will be an all pro wrestling and UFC podcasts. My first uh, episode launching next week is with Barstool Sports writer Jared Carabas, Red Sox writer, huge wrestling fan. We get into uh, the Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble this Sunday in Phoenix, Arizona at Chase Field, home of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, we dig into why CM Punk might return, signed with All Elite Wrestling, All Elite Wrestling formed by Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks. They signed Chris Jericho, their biggest signing. Uh, As of this date, their first event is on May 25th in uh, Vegas at MGM Grand Arena. Double or nothing pay-per-view. So this is going to be interesting. The first time WWE has had major competition since the Monday Night Wars with WCW back in the late 90s. So WWE versus AEW should be interesting. We'll see if Punk comes out of retirement signs there after his stint with the UFC. Uh, We me and Karabas talk a little bit about uh, Shawn Michaels. Maybe he'll be in the Royal Rumble match, uh, considering he came back for that uh, one match at uh, Crown Jewel. He's semi out of retirement now. 
Uh, we'll see if he competes at WrestleMania this year, if he has one uh, more run in him. So that episode comes out next week again. Uh, episode one of the 50-50 Booking Podcast presented by Belly Up Sports with Jared Carabas and myself. Um, you can check it out on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and Spotify, Pinecast, whatever the hell they use. Uh, so it, it'll be available there. And again, if you want to uh, recap what I talked about in this latest episode about Rivera, Schilling, even the Saints, go check out bellyupsports.com. We have articles uh, from Mariano's induction by me. Uh, we have the Saints season ticket holders uh, filed a civil lawsuit. Uh, that one by um, Matt Cerniak, another bo- uh, Belly Up Sports writer. So a lot of good content on this site. Belly Up Sports, be bold, stand out again. My new wrestling podcast, 50-50 Booking, first episode with Barstool's Jared Carabas out next week. Go check it out. We have a lot of big-name guests coming on this podcast as well in a couple of weeks. We got uh, Fozzie's Jack Slade coming up. Um, Angels play-by-play broadcaster at Fox Sports West, Victor Rojas, I just spoke to the other day. That episode will be released shortly. A lot of great content in that one. That is a must-listen in my eyes. Uh, We have Marlins broadcaster, former MLB network analyst Paul Severino coming on shortly. Uh, Things are heating up as we enter spring. Only a couple more weeks till pitchers and catchers report Bryce Harper and Manny Machado still unsigned. Me and uh, Mr. Rojas, Angels broadcaster, get into that a lot. So be sure to check out that episode. Uh, But as for right now, that'll be the end of episode 44 of the Osho Podcast. Remember, the Osho Podcast is presented by FantasyJocks.com. Get your fantasy gear, whether it's baseball, football, lacrosse, soccer, basketball, hockey, you name it. Go to FantasyJocks.com for all your trophies, uh, rings, belts, etc. Be a champ today with FantasyJocks.com. I am your host, Jack O'Hara. You are not. Thanks for listening. Episode 44 of the Osho Podcast unanimous with Mariano Rivera becoming the first unanimous first ballot Major League Baseball Hall of Famer. Congrats, Mo. Hit it, Hootie. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.